You are listening to Let's Talk Shop, produced by Smackna and hosted by Angie Simon. Let's Talk Shop is an ongoing podcast series where sheet metal contractors discuss important topics and trends related to their business. And now, Angie Simon. Hi, this is Angie Simon, president of National Smackna and CEO of Western Ally. And I'm excited today to say that we are going to talk about the logistics of working in a big city. And joining me is Al Labella, Vice President of Blue Diamond Sheet Metal, who works out of the Long Island area, correct, Al? That is correct. And welcome. And can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your company? Sure. Well, thanks for having me, President Simon. I'm excited <laughs> to do this. Um, so Blue Diamond Sheet Metal was started in 1981 by my father-in-law. Uh, him and his partner started it in uh, their garage in a... Uh, station wagon. They used to go pick up metal in the station wagon. Wow. Uh, they had a, a jump break and they did everything themselves. They, uh, they fabricated at night. They, they drew it during the day. And they installed in between. Um, they built the company uh, gradually. Um, uh, I would say uh, by the early 2000s, they were one of the bigger contractors on Long Island in the Long Island chapter. Um, in, in the uh, early days of the company, they did a lot of Long Island work, but as the market kind of shifted to Manhattan and, 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 the, and the outer boroughs, uh, they kind of followed the work there. Um, and it's kind of gone that way ever since. I purchased the company in 2008, um, right after the, right before <laughs> the recession. Good time. Um, so the, the, the company has, it, it's grown, it's evolved. Uh, right now we're about 125 employees total, you know, union and, um, uh, office staff, craft and non-craft, I'm sorry. Um, we do do some mechanical work. We have a small mechanical company as well. And we do some service. We have about eight bands on the road right now. So we're kind of expanding and changing. Um, kind of have to roll with the times a little bit. Yep, yep. Okay, so we. it sounds like you work in all different areas in New York, but when you do work in downtown, now downtown could be Manhattan or it could be... Um, so a lot of our work is in Manhattan, uh, downtown Manhattan, uh, it's, it's a pretty busy place. Uh, even without construction, it's just a busy place. Uh, the whole World Trade Center, uh, the whole rebuilding of downtown the World Trade Center, that was an ongoing project that just really took over everything. Uh, we were fortunate enough to do some work in there. Um, we did the, the World Observation Deck at oh. the, World Tra- uh, the World Trade Center. Which is on the top? It's on the 80, I think it's the 83rd floor. Wow. Um, it's an observatory, uh, so you can see out across the whole, okay. whole uh, Manhattan. It's really amazing to see. So we have worked in that building. Uh, we've done some office spaces. I'm doing some spaces there as well. But downtown Manhattan, to get deliveries in, um, it, it, it is tough. You know, you're scheduling things three and four days out. Okay, so let's talk about that. In, in normal, uh, normal working day, what are, do they work different hours? So um, most of the deliveries down there have to be done before 8 o'clock. In the morning. In the okay. morning. Yeah. Uh, so we try to schedule our deliveries for 6 a.m. Okay. Um, so if you picture, if you had a picture of Long Island and you took a look at it, we're pretty much right in the middle. I'd say we're 50 miles from Montauk, which is the end, and we're 50 miles from Manhattan. So my drivers are leaving 4 o'clock yep. to get there for a 6 o'clock delivery. Yep. Now, 3.30, you know, for 6 o'clock delivery. In San Francisco, which we work in downtown San Francisco a fair amount as well, and they won't actually even let us... I don't think we're allowed to deliver any time after six. So we right. even go earlier 
or oftentimes on a Saturday? Yeah, like I said, most of the time we have to be out by six. Um, we, we try, what we try to do with our guys is we try to get them in there as early as we can so we can get them out, because getting in is a challenge and getting out is a challenge yes, as well, right. um, especially for my drivers. Uh, we send five trucks a day, five or six trucks a day to the city. And again, when I say the city, I'm talking Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and uh, downtown Manhattan. And does the union, I mean, your actual working hours, what are your actual working hours? And does the union allow you to work earlier hours? Yeah, they do. So we, we for many years, we were a seven-hour day. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think two contracts back, we negotiated an eight-hour day, which is a little bit different than what our members were used to. Um, but the, the union is pretty flexible that way. They do let us start early because uh, they understand, you know, they know that, you know, when you're working in a building, the people above you and below, you don't want to hear the drilling right. or the hangers and all that other stuff. So the union is pretty flexible like that. Right. Well, in San Francisco, we have, we still have seven hour days. All trades still work seven hour days, which, which I'm not sure is very convenient anymore. Um, I think actually the guys are probably like to work uh, eight hour days. However, they do start, they allow us to start early, like 6 a.m. Yeah, yeah. um, they allow that. And then at times we will work an hour overtime and start at 5 a.m. just yeah. to get the, get the run of the day. If we can, we will. Mm-hmm. You know, if we have the access to the building, we will definitely start early. Well, and getting getting manpower to the job. So your guys, um, on, they're supposed to meet at the job site for their project, right? So a lot, most of my, a lot of my field guys are from the island. So a lot of them do take the train. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have a tremendous amount of guys that live in the city, in Brooklyn and Queens and Staten Island places. Um, so their commute sometimes can be a little bit easier or a little bit tougher, yeah. depending on where they're coming from. Right. Um, the train system on Long Island is actually pretty good. Uh, it's very busy, as you know. Um, uh, get you right into Penn Station, and you know, it it is somewhat accessible. The the problem is, is New York City at one thirty, two o'clock, everyone's leaving to go home in the afternoon. In the yes. afternoon, so okay. the, so the Long Island Expressway becomes like this big, huge parking lot. And do you um, do you reimburse for their train? We do. We do. And we have, and we, we encourage, we have BART and we have the Caltrain, but it's not quite as accessible, I don't think, as it is for you guys. Yeah. Well, if you ever saw the Long Island Expressway in the morning or in the afternoon, it's, it doesn't move. It yep. literally does not move. Yep. Um, and we have the HOV lane yep. and no one uses it. Everyone kind of drives in their cars by themselves. So it's really a waste of space. Um, I, I really, I tell my guys all the time, my supers, I'm like, use the train more. Yep. You know, if they can get in, you know, take a cab up, down, down the way. If you would take, you know, take the train in. and, and this, they're starting to use it a lot more. My field guys there. They so use you, it a lot. you load the job site with their tools and stuff can stay on the job site in a game box. Yeah. So don't have to haul those on the train. Yeah. We, what we generally try to do is we, we, we don't, we try not to move our guys around from job to job all that much. We mm-hmm. kind of like to leave a, a team there. And we try to give them everything we possibly can. So that way there is no downtime. Is it, is it, getting up and down, you know, 85 stories right. can be a problem, right. you know? So we try to, we try to give them as much as we can. My, my warehouse manager, he sometimes gets a little angry with me because we may have seven, eight, nine gang boxes on the job. Yeah. And, and he's, well, we only have seven guys there. We're like, yeah, but one on every floor. Right. They help a whole lot. Right. Exactly. You know, so it's things like that, that you try to, you try to alleviate all the obstacles that are put in front of you just by the building itself and the size of it and the, so you, you try to do the best you can to help the guys out. So let's talk about that um, other thing that for us is always a challenge is rigging. I mean, when we have to rig something because I know we have deal with a lot of, you know, uh, wires and uh, yeah. uni lines, et cetera. And 
um, actually in San Francisco, you're gonna, this is interesting, I wonder if you guys have this, they, they put a moratorium on rigging from about Thanksgiving till J January 9th. And basically you cannot crane rig because of the holidays and a lot of our downtown has shopping. They don't allow us any rigging um, and, and you have to do a major exception if you're going to get it to between Thanksgiving and January 9th. You know, I don't, I'd be lying if I, if I knew for sure if, if that was our case. Um, but you, most of our rigging, 95% of our rigging is done overnight. Yep. Um, just because you can't get downtown. You know, you, you can't get down the streets. There's too much traffic. Um, and and the, the funny part is that it's not really always windy in New York, but because of the size of the buildings and the, and the, and the wind coming off the, the, the river, sometimes you get really strong whipping winds down there. And then you have to deal with the whole, you know, it's too windy, can't rig, got to wait. Right. <clears throat> so um, most of ours is always done at night. Okay. And when, when, you're, when you're rigging, are you rigging equipment too sometimes? Yeah. Well, On your mechanical <clears throat> side, probably. Well, so... New York operates a little bit differently. Most of our street, street little guys, um, they're a sub of the mechanical company. So my mechanical company is a small mechanical company. It really doesn't, it really doesn't service Blue Diamond fully. Got it. Um, it's more on the service end. Okay. So I work for a lot of mechanicals, uh, 638 mechanicals in New York City. So they're responsible for the rig. Okay. So we're just, we're just usually there to help. There so we help. don't get involved with pulling up commits and things like that. We, that's the mechanical side. Okay. Which, which <clears throat> we do a lot of. We've done a lot of, um, uh, we also do a lot of cooling tower replacements right. and things of, the, uh, of that nature where, and most often those are done starting about one o'clock in the morning on a Saturday morning. Yeah. We generally do them on Saturdays. It seems like that's more acceptable to shut yeah. a lot of the streets down. Yeah. However, we also do helicopters at times. Um, I mean, I imagine in New York with 80, 90 story buildings. We, I, we personally haven't. Uh -huh. um, I know they have been done. Yep. Uh, we haven't done a project where they've used helicopters. Okay. But we, I've seen them. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, we certainly, we certainly <clears throat> have used them ourselves as well. Yeah. Um, it is, uh, We've actually had one, for example, that was on the, we had the two corners of a, two very busy streets had to get shut down. And, um, and so that was, they made us do that on a Saturday morning very, very early. But um, it is interesting how far ahead you have to schedule it. Oh, they want to coordinate that and see what's going on. Helicopters flying over. Yes, exactly. That was, for us, it was the Intercontinental Hotel and, and we had to shut it down. Uh, even just shutting it down for a helicopter, we had to rig a, a heat exchanger in there and um, shut down Fifth and Howard, which was a major street, and it was interesting. Um, the, it was a big deal to get it done. I'm sure. So, um, so okay. What else? Let's talk about um, when you when you deliver there, and you let me see. Your crews are fairly big. Some sometimes <clears throat> depending. And um, how do you get you? So what are you doing to get your ductwork up to the 80th floor? Is it freight elevators? Yeah, most of the time. Yeah, so you can't. You most have to of the time, haul it in pieces. Yeah, it's the, the mobilization on, on some of the jobs in New York City is very difficult, yeah. as you can imagine, and there is a lot of downtime. Um, and the way the schedules are, you know, for us when we get a job, it's usually already thirty days behind schedule or forty-five days behind schedule. Um, so it just makes the whole process much more difficult than it really needs to be. Yeah. And the mobilization part, that's, it takes up a lot of your schedule. Yeah. You know, you try to get a lot of duct work up there. You're using freight elevators. You have Are to, you get, able to schedule the freight elevators? You, you develop good relationships with the guy who operates the elevator. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and, and the guy who runs the loading dock. You, know, you, you gotta, you have to be prepared. You know, you, you, you making a mistake in delivery or mobilization will cost you a fortune. Okay. 
So you got to yep. kind of be on top of it. You got to be ahead. You know. So when you go to bid a job, do you actually lay it out and think about logistics of, of both delivering a product and to the job site? We do. Um, and we also have, I have three supervisors and they each kind of have like their little niche. Mm -hmm. um, and one of my supervisors handles most of the downtown work, the World Trade Center type stuff, you know, that, that stuff down there. He's very good at it. Uh, he's got it down to a science. So we kind of know when we're bidding a job going in, there's going to be certain guys that are, that are going to be there. They're going to be in charge of the project. They've been down this road before. They know the ins and outs. Um, and so that, that definitely goes into our estimating thoughts. And then we have got, I do a lot of um, school construction authority work too, SCA work, uh, which is a whole different animal. That's like inspectors, um, it's it's a it's a it's a different animal than doing an apartment house or doing a a, um, a renovation. Okay. Paperwork heavy, um, and I have a guy that does that, and he's really good at it. So like so, we kind of when we're going through the estimating process, we look well. This is a job for this guy and this, this is, crew. And this, this is, is a Joe of, job and yeah. this is a Fred job. Yep. And so they all kind of have their little niche, and uh, that's kind of how that's a big part of when we when we're putting a bid together, we we take that into consideration. Yeah. Okay. As, as much as the deliveries, like I said, the, knowing that you may be able to get a second delivery on a Tuesday is like really important to the job. So you can load it up and that way you don't have to worry about it for the rest of the week or, you know, try to get something there on a Friday. So that way Saturday you can just hit the job running with no mobilization. Okay. Okay. And, and the inspectors, how do they do in the city? Are they different than, <clears throat> than the, in, in the, on Long Island? Well, it, the, it's not that they're different. The, um, the, the, so we do, like I said, a lot of agency work, school construction authority, port authority, yes. DDC. Right. Um, we do a lot of public works. They're all different. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the whole process, the whole inspection process is different. IOR inspector of record? Yes. And it's funny, you know, now, when you used to work for the port authority, for example, the port authority would be the engineer record. But now the port authority hires an engineer. So now you have the port authority signing off and you have the engineer record signing off. Like, how do you get through that stuff? Yeah. Um, and then you take the schedules, which are compressed from the day you get the job because they're 30, 40 days behind schedule. And then you have all this inspected things going on. It's, it's really become a very difficult place to work mm -hmm. um, because everyone's stressed. Yeah. You know, you, you, your drafters are stressed because they have to get the drawings out because the job's behind schedule. You know, your deliveries are stressed because it's behind schedule. You, everyone's stressed because the schedules have made it impossible or close to impossible to hit the ground running. You're always trying to catch up. Yeah, that's, that's a challenge. And, and, and particularly with, we have that same type of situation where you, if you do what we call either hospital work or a medical office building, right. you have an inspector of record, you have mm -hmm. this OSHPOD, there's multiple levels of inspection. Yeah, that's always a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Makes it easy, right? Very easy. Yeah, very easy. Well, one of the things now you may come across as a little more, I'm mostly design built, so I mostly do private yeah. work. But um, in San Francisco, many times that you're working on a project, particularly a public project, um, they impose local hiring rules, like you have to, they've actually imposed it where I have to uh, hire from a certain zip code. Um, they want you to have X amount of people from that, from the city, because they want local San Francisco residents. Well, there's very few people that actually live in the city yep. that work for me, um, just because of San Francisco is so expensive. Yep. And, um, and, we, and at times, it's very difficult to find a local hire. So sometimes you just have to hire somebody to push a broom around. And the, on top of that, the union the union will work with us a little bit, but when there's nobody on the bench, there's not a lot of choices. We, we have run into a few projects where we were required to hire from that area. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it can be tough. Uh, we're fortunate in the sense most of our employees, like I said, are field guys anyway. 
they do come from the city, you know, and not, not Manhattan, but Brooklyn and Queens and Staten Island. And so we do have a pool of people to draw from. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't say it. I would say probably over the past four or five years, it's probably been three or four times where we had that, we had that mandate in the contract, which we, we've managed to work it out with the union. You, They're pretty good. You find somebody from the yeah. union, yeah, they can work that out. That if, if they can help you with that and say, okay, I need at least have one guy on my staff or one person on my on that job site from the from the Manhattan area, because can't imagine too many people live in the Manhattan area. No, not many. It, it's funny because for us being on Long Island, we're actually I think we're the furthest smack the shop on Long Island, okay. furthest east. Um, so my shop guys are all from Long Island. Yeah. You know, um, cause they live, close cause they to, live there close to work. Yeah. Place. So it's, it's, it's funny how it kind of, when you look at it, you know, these guys live on Long Island, they work in the shop and these guys live in the city. And, you know, I have guys that have worked for me for, you know, eight, 10 years. They come to the shop once a year for safety training. Like okay. they wouldn't even know where it is. Don't you even know? Know where it is. They come one time, one time a year for safety training. So does, um, does a shop, I mean, does, um, sheet metal have one union for all of New York or is there, yeah, so uh, it, there used to be two. It used to be Local 28 and Local 55. Um, local 55 merged with Local 28. Okay. So the Long Island shops used to be Local 55. Okay, so so there's not a problem in regards to who you use anywhere. No, so um, so Local 28 covers Long Island, Nashville, and Suffolk County, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Manhattan. Um, so we all share the same the same, same labor, I'm sorry. Uh, so the New York City chapter, mm-hmm. um, Ron Palmer, former mm-hmm. president, he's from the New York City chapter. Um, they're kind of stationed, you know, in the city. We're kind of stationed on Long Island. Uh, we work together with the other chapter. You know, we do like group things and, uh, you know, educational type stuff. We negotiate together. Uh, we share the same manpower. So there's no issue for you going, you, your manpower going into work in New York. No, anywhere. we're okay. the same thing. So for example, sheet metal wise, we're the same way. We're one big union, but um, San Francisco is its own piping union, whereas right just right outside San Francisco, there's another union, oh, and this we have we're signatory of five piping unions, with, and that's only within probably a probably a hundred mile radius. I mean, wow. it's amazing. So, wow. but sheet metal is really great. It's much more favorable because we're all one union, so that makes it a lot easier. We always joke we kind of have it, the walls up around Manhattan. We don't let anybody in. Like no one gets in, no one gets out. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you guys, but we're we're a three of three local, so we have to draw it, we have to fabricate it, we have to install it. Within so, your local? Within our companies. Yes, oh, within your company. Yeah, so I, I can't purchase ductwork from you. Oh, you can't okay. be a sheet metal contractor unless you draw have it. A shop. Fa- yes. You have to have a shop yes. to fabricate your own ductwork. Right. So, so our world's a little bit different than everyone else's. Like we, we don't have fabrication shops, or we don't have installers. You have to do the whole package. So you can't buy it off a bigger job then you can fabricate. You, you can't go out. Because we'll sometimes, if we don't have, we don't have a coil line, so sometimes we will go, and if we have a job with a lot of straight duck, we'll go buy it from well, even one of our competitors. That I could do if, case in point, um, my spiral machine only goes up to a certain size. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a job a couple of years back, and Stephen Kofsky, who's on our board of directors right now, his spiral machine was a little bit bigger than mine, so I purchased some from him in order to complete the job. And that I can do. That you can do. But I couldn't make that my whole business. I couldn't be a spiral duck. Uh, installer and buy it off of you know another contractor. Got it. So they got draftsman union. You know um, everyone that in twenty eight they're all union. Okay. We we have we do have a light commercial division uh, that we started a couple of years back that the uh, we negotiated a contract with the uh, with the um, our labor partners, which is okay. starting to work out a little bit. And then we have what we call a residential um, agreement, and those guys are smaller. Um, 
the idea is to really combat the non-union on smaller projects with yeah. that group of guys. Yeah. You know, so like the two hundred thousand dollars sheet metal jobs, non-union guys are getting. We can use those guys to try to. We, we do have a light commercial agreement too, and it does give us some advantages when we work in the city. If if you have if it's under a certain dollar amount, and if it's like covered work, so let's say I think it's a half a million dollars of covered work, so that's a fairly good sized yeah, job actually, sure. and I mean the sheet metal only work and it allows us to work eight hour days, which huh. is really nice, and we're the only trade that does that, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the big big advantages. And there is a lower rate if you, yeah, if you would right. like to pay it. So right. depending on some companies pay that, some companies don't, but it's if they would need to be competitive. In San Francisco was very, very union for a long time. The only thing that wasn't was Chinatown. Okay. Um, but slowly we are seeing the non-union get in there on the smaller stuff, but yeah. I'm, I'm hoping we can keep it union. Yeah, you know, we, we, we've seen it over the last couple of years, the non-union has really, they've really taken a big bite out of the pie. Yeah, um, keep working on that. Yeah, it's so. just, it's a constant work. It's a, you know, we're always working with our labor partners to, to try to find the answer. But yeah. it, it's difficult. Yep. You know, those guys, some of the non-union guys in New York City aren't that far behind us. You know, um, they have the same equipment, you know. Um, they, well, hopefully the, our planning, like for example, working in the city, our planning, our logistics, so we do that so well. Yes. Hopefully that's why they want us. That, to that, that is the difference. You know, we, we, first of all, our safety programs are definitely much yeah. better. Um, our planning is much better. Our drafting is much better. You know, we have advantages, but at the end of the day, the owner is looking at what? <clears throat> Bottom dollars. line, dollars. Yeah. Yes. You know, so <clears throat> I don't I think we're always going to fight against that. Yeah. Whether you're in San Francisco or New right. York, Chicago, exactly. wherever. I know. think you and I are very, uh, probably the top two uh, salaries in the. Uh, I believe we are. Yeah. <laughs> I believe we are. Well, listen, now this was very interesting because it's, uh, it's a lot of the same, but some very different things. Um, uh, different cities are going to be handled different ways. Very similar. So, I, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, I really appreciate you it. taking the time. And um, hopefully we shared some stuff that was interesting for everybody out there. Good luck this year. You're going to do great. All right. I'm looking forward to working with you. All right, Al. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Let's Talk Shop is brought to you by SMACNA, the Sheet Metal and Air Conditioning Contractors National Association. For more information, visit smacna.org.